Straight toast and shots of rock 40 proof burgers on the grill and fried fish. The whiz making tater salad greens for a side dish. Cold watermelon What's up? What's good? It's your girl, Just Be Real, and I'm back. So much to share with you, so much to tell, so much to catch y'all up on, because y'all know y'all my fan being my keep it a stack with y'all, keep it a hundred. But it's a Wu-Tang reunion today. You know how to show love, because it's summertime, which means it's summer vibes, which therefore means cookouts, family reunions, you know, us black folks, it's our normal time to fellowship and get together if y'all still keep the traditions. But if y'all don't, that's something we got to talk about because I'm trying to understand what happened to the traditions. Enough of me chatting. Let's get real. <sighs> fam, bam, fam, bam. It's been a while. It's been a minute. And you know me, because it's my podcast, I do what I want. I'm going to bless y'all with some back-to-back episodes. As of right now, I'm in the mood to give it to y'all because it's my podcast. I do what I want. And I just feel like also because another reason, y'all know I'm strategic as hell. Y'all know, um that it's about to be the 50th birthday anniversary of hip-hop so i gotta make sure i get that episode out i don't know if y'all remember when i did the uh, series way back like last year i can't even tell y'all these seasons no more or when i did these episodes because it's been so long but <laughs> when i did the 90s series of like the 90s tv shows 90s r&b that kind of thing and i said i would stop and wait to give y'all the 90s hip-hop version because y'all know like the 90s the 80s is kind of like the pivotal pivotal point pinnacle point i can't even talk of hip-hop um, where it's recognized and was like seen on the mainstream aspect. Um, the 90s is kind of where it flourished and became like super mainstream, but you know it goes way back even before 73 where hip hop existed, before DJ Cool Herc, even though he's somewhat of the godfather of hip hop. So I got to give you that episode, and you know that's the week of my birthday. So it's only right I pay homage. So I got to do this the right way. So the only way I can be able to get to that episode means I got to be able to give y'all more episodes because I'm trying to have season nine done by September. I want season nine done in Virgo season, baby. You feel me? Okay. I want it done in Virgo season, depending on when I release this or when y'all hear this. It might still be cancer season. It might be Leo season, but y'all know if it's Leo season, it's popping season. And people be like, why you go so hard for Leo? They say I'm going to go hard for Scorpio. Okay, Leo is a stellium in my natal chart. First of all, y'all know we're in Venus retrograde in Leo, and I'm a Leo rising, which sits in my first house. I am also a Leo Venus, which sits in my 12th house. Okay, so there's Leo all around my life, period. So I go hard because it literally is a part of my self identity and my sub my subconscious as well. So I literally attribute or probably display a lot of Leo qualities even though I'm a Virgo son. Don't get me wrong. I have Virgo-isms and I have my Virgo tendencies. <laughs> Shout out to Kiki Palmer. But I really feel like I'm a Leo. And I told y'all before, I'm supposed to be born in Leo season on August 20th. So technically, I feel like I'm more Leo than I am Virgo sometimes. And it shows in my mannerisms, except for my age of perfection. <laughs> Excuse me. But definitely want to make sure I come back to y'all. Um, had my homeboy Day on here. Hopefully, y'all enjoy that random ass podcast episode. Funny thing, how that went down was because him and I always said we're gonna do podcast me please part two, but I guess I never fully um, took into consideration how I I was gonna bring my original materials like my mic and stuff. But I'm like I'm not carrying all this shit because y'all know I don't know how to pack mic. So I had a bunch of fucking suitcases. 
a TV, don't ask about it. So I was like, I ain't doing this. Whatever I record, I record. By the grace of God, the quality was amazing on that episode. Um, because all I did was just throw the phone on the bed and just let it be where it picked up his voice and my voice. But you would have thought, like, you could tell there's no microphone because it's not as clear and as it normally is, as y'all can hear me now, where it's focused to just grab my voice. But it was decent enough for somebody who didn't have no damn, um, no damn microphones. So, there's that. Um, so, you know, it's funny because I was, Novi had put, like, with Venus retrograde, let me know your aspects, you know, your, your, uh, what specific questions you have and like the houses they sit in. And I asked her about Leo season and that's when she was like, it's going to be interesting because it's a lot of self-sabotage you've had with love and creativity as of lately. But in the same, she was like, I wish I knew the aspects, which I didn't find out to her actually till later. But, um, because it's in my first and my 12th house, the crazy thing about it is, like, I'm transforming. I'm making changes. There's a lot of things going on when it comes to the aspects of what's going on with Leo Venus that's going to affect me. It's going to be, like, super interesting. And I found it funny that she said that because um, I have had issues with self-sabotage and romance and creativity in my past that I'm overcoming and literally now releasing to let go to allow love to come in full throttle. Um, and with my creativity, I don't know if y'all noticed, but I've been more out there pushing my creative work, um, and trying to just, you know, do it like TikTok has been my favorite thing to use. I don't know what it is, but like I said, I used to hate TikTok. I used to never use it. I feel like I'm using TikTok at least once a week to like promote myself, promote my work, promote me as a person. And I love TikTok way more than I do Instagram. Um, I guess TikTok kind of somewhat replaces Instagram for me. Even though I made my page public, I told y'all I waited like a whole 12 years or 11 years of having Instagram and I made my Instagram public. So now it's like public, which is kind of crazy for me. Still giving the same energy. And Twitter, I'm on there, but it's not as much because a lot of what's on Instagram, I think, comes from Twitter. So I don't, be, I don't really be into that. But TikTok, I love. It helps me to promote. Um, I am changing my look and my approach in my Saturn, which is funny because my Saturn sits in my fifth house. I know you're probably like, Jess, what are you talking about? Y'all know I love me some astrology. Um, my Saturn sits in my fifth house, which y'all know for a fact that the fifth house consists of creativity, romance, pleasure, and self-expression, which is like right on the head what Novi was talking about because, <laughs> because it's literally exactly what's going on in my life. So pretty much of what do I love? How do I try to feel, feel good? And it's crazy how she like my self-expression i am changing like i told you about my hair color i changed my hair color um what pleases me now more of an aesthetic and my spiritual life like my spiritual growth has increased i feel it's on the cusp of its highest like a high peak right now which was on the next level where it's about to hit um where my spiritual life was like being reunited reignited on a whole nother level i'm way more in tune with myself and um given that i am turning 33 which is like the number of completion you know the number of, you know, mono digit, rep digit, Jesus year, as they call it. There's a lot of changes that I'm going through that I actually like. Um, also with Venus retrograde, when it comes to the relationships, I can purposely say that 
I have been in this place of cutting ties with unnecessary people and not keeping them around because I know them, but that's who I used to know. And they're not changing and evolving. So my me stagnating, putting myself in a stagnated position, being a rocking chair of sorts where I'm moving, but I'm not going anywhere by dealing with those people. I'm literally self-sabotaging my blocking blessings when literally the ancestors, the spiritual guides, the universe and God and my body, more of anything, are telling me, leave them alone. They've already shown you who they are. Believe them. Leave them where they had you fucked up at. And that's where I'm at. But that's not really why we're here today. So we're here today because we want to know what happened to traditions. And I feel like this is the conversation needs to be had, especially with all going on in the world. Because I was around some family, which is my chosen family, uh, when I was home, and as well as my normal family, uh, where I've come to the conclusion, like, we've done, I know in my family, we've never ended the tradition of family reunions. Um, we've always had a committee. I've joined the committee, I think I've told y'all before, where I've joined the committee for family reunion for the next generation to start taking part. Because even though my cousin Jason is not that much older than me, but it's the privilege and the aspect of we don't want to lose a tradition and drop the ball of our origins where we all come together, especially given the fact that I told y'all that my uh, great aunt, who's 100 years old, is the last living out of the children from my great grandparents, my great grand, yeah, my great grandparents. Um, she's the last living sibling out of the nine of them. And between out of the nine of them, she's the only one to see 100. So we want to make sure that we do it sooner than later because we don't know how much longer we're going to have her. We've already had her for a century. And God might say, well done, my child, and call her home before we know it. So next year, we're definitely going to have uh, the Young Family Reunion in 2024. And I'm super excited to be a part of the committee. Y'all know me. I love helping, but I also don't like traditions being lost. And I think that's something a lot in the generation of millennials and Gen Z, even Gen Xers, where it's a bald-ass drop where we don't take the initiative to keep the conditions, but we want to complain about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you used to have the rite of passage you would do at 13 in the black culture, but you don't even hear about that no more. You feel me? Like, I feel like now we're tapping into more spirituality where we're remembering those rites of passage, remembering those sacred, you know, monologues that we would go ahead and spew and, um, you know, not spew, but go ahead and, rem you know, have a remembrance of ancestors in our culture. Because we know the Western culture of religion is something that's been imploded on us um, on several occasions where people use it. And I think Amanda Seal said it best where the Bible's more of an allegory. And I like that looking in that aspect. I think I won't forget it looking at it like that because it literally is a handwritten book made by man, but it's, a, it's pretty much basic instructions before leaving earth to help you get to a certain destination, but you can't pick and choose. So, I feel like that's something that I wanted to tap into because it's not a conversation we talk about much, especially as a millennial and me getting in my older age, you know, wanting to have kids at some point, wanting to have my own family. I want to have traditions, but I also want to improve and innovate in some of these traditions. Um, as I told you before, I'll probably have the most unconventional family known to man. Um, Y'all know about, you know, my how I love who I love. It's not specific to gender. Um, so I feel like where I feel where I'm at in life, I'm going to have the unconventional uh, family and traditions only because my Pluto and my moon are in Scorp Scorpio, which is kind of for where the area of, you know, family you know, tradition, structure, all that other stuff where I'm meant to change some shit up. And I feel like that's what's going to happen. <laughs> so, and I'm not afraid to do it unapologetically. That's that's the best thing about having an Aquarius North Node. Um, I'm not afraid to go ahead and do it as long as it makes me feel comfortable. Um, 
So my Aquarius sits in my seventh house, which kind of like switches up the dynamic. And my Leo, which is my south node, sits in my 12th house, which also sits where my Venus is. You get it? Um, my Venus, my Jupiter um, are down there as well, as well as my Chiron in Cancer. So like there's a lot that I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm also supposed to do things unapologetically and just use my voice to advocate, which I'm doing now with y'all on this podcast, to make things known and seen that people just really feel are taboo. So speaking on what happens to traditions, um, I personally feel with traditions in this key point right now, family reunions, as I was saying, are something that have been a lost art. Um, you know, back in the day, I feel like family reunions were major. Like, you would have a family reunion every year or every couple years. I know for us, it's been every couple. And we do it between the three different locations, which is the origins of where our family came from, which is Pendleton, South Carolina, right between Anderson and Greenville, which is literally, like I told y'all before, the road that my great my grandmother and her my great grandparents raised their nine kids and some of their kids are now still living on that land that's been acquired by my family um the family house is still out there too by the way uh and then you also had the ability to come together in south carolina which is the family origins um a lot of my family is still in south carolina a lot of them are in cali a lot of them are in new york um, and a lot of them are in Maryland too. So those are the four locations, but we've never done a family reunion in California. We probably never will do a family reunion in California because California folks, them California family members never make it to the East Coast. So why are we going to stay here and plan something when everybody majority is on the East Coast? And that's the origins of where our family is. They can come to us, but we're not coming to them. So um, I personally feel it's between South Carolina, it's between White Plains, New York, because that's where my grandmother was. And she was one of the second to last living siblings out of the nine of them to, you know, who migrated and literally migrated the family from South Carolina and brought a lot of family to New York. So my grandmother's another place where that happened. California, and I'll tell y'all some backstory. California happened because my cousin, uh, which happened to be my grandmother's other older sister, um, her, he was in the military, so he moved around, and I think he finally settled and got stationed in California, which is why family, a lot of families in California, and it's even more so because out of his four kids, their kids, like, they have a lot of kids out of his four kids, like, his grandkids, I think he got, like, 12 of them, and then he has great-grands, which he's now deceased, but a lot of them are all in that area just from my one aunt, uh, my aunt Corrine, um, she had three kids with one of her kids, which is lived in New White Plains, which is where, you know, a lot of my family is now where his kids are still living in New York and grandkids. And then, um, you have, uh, Aaron Willamay who were in South Carolina. She also at one point went to Long Island and lived in, and Aaron did lived in, uh, New York. And then Willamay was literally on the same road we grew up in in South Carolina in the house that my aunt Corrine had owned, um, my uncle, yeah, and Corrine had owned. So, like, within those three kids alone, that's the that's the spread of that. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of the family from her brothers are still in the South or further, like Texas and Florida. But um, there are a lot of his kids. He has seven of them are, are still in South Carolina. And they got a plethora of grandkids and great-grands and great-great-grands because he has so many kids. So, New York is another. And then you have Maryland, which is actually where my great-aunt 
who is still alive, she originated and moved to with her husband and started a lot of family um, out there. A lot of family migrated up there too as well. Um, so those are the three locations. So next year it'll be in New York, which I'm kind of happy. Don't got to pay for hotels, stay in my own house, stay in my own room. Um, but I also be on a committee and I just want to be representation for my other cousins who are around my age and my generation and a little bit after who are old enough to be able to contribute. That it's time for us to step up and take the reins because if we don't start now or have, it always takes one. If you take that one person that's able to step up and just say, hey, you see the representation of somebody in your generation and you step up. It just takes that one person. And our parents, a lot of our parents have been doing it. So, like, it's not like we don't know what they've done. But I've always been the time. My mom didn't ask me. I volunteered because I want to make sure the family lineage isn't lost when I have kids so that they have something to come to when it comes to family traditions at a family reunion. You know, the meet and greet is normally the thing on Friday. Saturday is normally the big-ass barbecue. Sunday's church. That's how normally the tradition is for black family reunions. I don't know about y'all, but that's how it is for mine. That's how it is for majority. And being around my chosen family, they were talking about how they haven't had a family reunion in like over a decade. And that's another reason why I feel like it's important. Like we haven't had ours since 2018, which was in Pendleton, South Carolina. And we would have had it in 2020, but I know the pandemic happened. 2022, we were kind of somewhat getting out of pandemic after 2021, 2022. So we didn't really do 2022. So this is the longest we've been without a family reunion since 1970 something, um, which is about what, four years going on five. It'll be six years before we have another one. Um, so we're planning it for 2024. We like doing them on even numbers. So 2024 will be our next one. And, um, I think it's important because there's always new family members. You have ones, like I said, like my great aunt who are seasoned where you might not get the chance where you have to come together for a funeral. And that's not something that that's normal, the normal situation where families come together when it comes to tradition, we'll get, come back to that later. Um, but I just personally feel like it's needed to have that because you get new family members where people have kids, people have babies, people get spouses. Um, the elders need to be seen, respected, and heard for whatever last verbal, you know, diaspora that they have of the of the family lineage that's able to be shared. Um, which, by the way, reminds me to call my great aunt because she hasn't called me accidentally in a while. <laughs> accidentally in a while, I need to check on her. Um, but it's important. I feel like you're also celebrating milestones because her turning 100, everybody couldn't make it to her 100th birthday, um, which was in Maryland last year when she turned 100. So now it's like we'll have another double celebration next year for her um, where we're doing it in Maryland because she is in Maryland. We don't really want her to travel. Um, where we're able to celebrate her and celebrate all she's contributed as the now the matriarch of the family. Um, you can also celebrate pivotal things like, like I said, babies and weddings and husbands and wives and, you know, people who have passed, having the remembrance and the dialogue about that and who came from what and who's your father and who's your, who's your, who's your mother. Because the funny thing about it is we're coming from two original people, which are James and Ari Young, um, where they were born in the 1800s, late 1800s, where I sharecroppers. And from those two individuals, they had nine kids. And from those nine kids, their kids literally had a pretty much myopia of just crazy amounts of kids. Like the lineage is ridiculous. And it's crazy how my mom and I have been able to at one point draw who was attached to who and what part of they come from, what limb on the tree. So, um, as I was saying before, funerals being the only way families come together is unfortunate because at that point it's too late. 
um, given it is a, what we call a homegoing, but it's not a true celebration of life. You're celebrating their life for what they've contributed, but you could have enjoyed those times and moments when they were here. I think I've told y'all before where um, I told you about my cousin that I was real close to. She was in her 80s, and we used to talk all the time on the phone, and she passed away um, not last year, but the year before last on my mom's birthday. And I was at ease and peace because I felt like we had a relationship. So me crying tears or feeling away wasn't going to overwhelm me because I know I made it my business to learn history and got a lot of knowledge and a lot of information about our family that she only would know that remember that my great aunt didn't. And talking to my again with my great aunt and her saying that she only has like five out of her nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews that call her regularly. But these would be the same motherfuckers be the first one crying, boohooing over the casket saying, I ain't Ellen, I ain't Ellen. It's like, why are y'all waiting until giving somebody their flowers once they're gone while they can spell them now while they're still alive doesn't mean you have to stop giving them their flowers because you can constantly give them endless bouquets but appreciate them now and give them flowers when you feel it's just doing it overwhelms your heart rather than waiting later when you have to put them to rest and there's no longer no other way to give them flowers outside of in a memoriam i don't know about y'all but i know for me back in the day you had a thing where like you would do sleepovers with your cousins at grandma's house or, like, y'all would do sleepovers with your cousins. Like, me and my cousins used to do sleepovers all the time. And these are my cousins that are distant cousins. Like, I don't know how we're fully related. I know we're related. But it's something between my great-grandmother and their great-grandmother being sisters. And we're, like, cousins three times removed or something. And either way, we're cousins. But they used to be sleepover. I used to sleep over their house all the time. They used to sleep over my house. We would do stuff like fun activities and stuff like that. And, like, in the morning, y'all would have breakfast, watch cartoons, do Saturday morning cartoons. Um, depending if they stayed the weekend, y'all go to church together. Like, it was that kind of thing. I don't even think kids do that anymore. And y'all would sleep on the floor because it would be, like, six of y'all, your cousins, or four or five of y'all cousins. And, like, y'all would just have the time of your life, but y'all would also make memories because I don't think we had as much technology back then as we do now. So going outside playing or climbing trees or doing stuff like that was major um even to the point where it was like sunday dinner sunday's dinners i don't know is normal is a normal staple and tradition in black culture judge your mom if you say otherwise because i feel like you're lying but uh traditions of doing that and doing chores on saturdays where your mother would play old school music you would have to clean your chores and clean up the house that was a thing too if you don't know old school music like i said in the meme i'm gonna think that your mama ain't clean on saturdays and we got a problem um because sundays are supposed to kept holy it was for the sabbath the day of rest you're supposed to rest on sundays so to this day i follow by that rule because i do not want my grandmother's spirit haunting me okay but um you would do Sunday dinners, which was a time where the family would just sit together at the table and commune. I know for my household, um, even I did it just when I was just home, where Sundays we would have Sunday breakfast. Sunday breakfast before church and Sunday school, and then we would have Sunday dinner. Um, it was a time for family, a time to regroup and just converse and just figure out how each other's week was, you know, what was going on in life, like conversations that might be going on at work or going, you know, just having the interpersonal interaction um, about just family in general and just having that one-on-one -on -one rapport or that you know in-person interaction just to to know up close about what your family was going on and what was going on in their life and you would do that over fellowship of food because the food would be cooked with love um and it would take time where you would start your sunday dinner when you get you do sunday breakfast sometimes i know for us it only be grits homemade biscuits smothered chicken um bacon maybe some eggs uh might be some sauces something like that and orange juice you go to sunday school you go to church come back from church like one two o'clock 
After that, you start preparing Sunday dinner. Sunday dinner is ready by 5, 4, 35 o'clock. Y'all sit around and y'all have Sunday dinner. And y'all prepare. That was a way of a staple because, you know, Sunday starts the week. To start your week off on a high note, not just with family, but with God. And that's one thing I could appreciate about religion is the aspect of how black people went back to the origins of we're supposed to commune together. So let's do it together. Let's fellowship and let's let's eat and break bread together. Um, it was also time for elders, you know, making time for your elders. Like I said, my great aunt doesn't get much calling conversation, but there's so much that only she would know that she's experienced that if it's not written down it's lost. So then now it's like learning the lineage becomes harder because you don't have the original source to go to. You know what I'm saying? And I've always, as y'all can tell, been a nerd about history and knowing where I came from. Because without knowing my great aunt and talking to my cousin, how would I know that my great-grandparents were sharecroppers? They were, for, you know what I'm saying? They come from former slaves, literally. Like, it doesn't, you know how people are like, oh, my great-great-great-grandparents? Like, we're talking about my great-grandparents. We're talking about my grandmother who was born in the 1920s when the freaking first black market crashed to her parents were born in the 1800s and survived until the 70s where they legit were sharecroppers who purchased land from their from their owners at the time who prior to them their parents were actual people who were enslaved you see what i'm saying like that shit is crazy they were born in eight the late 1800s like let's be for real it's closer than i think and that's important for me to know because it's a lot now my dad's family i wish i knew more about but they were literally, you know, FOB, fresh off the boat, immigrants from Italy. You know what I'm saying? Immigrants from Puerto Rico. You know what I'm saying? I just found out, being around my godmother that who knew my father and my grandparents, which is the first time me ever hearing it, that my grandfather, which is my dad's dad, my paternal grandfather, used to own a grocery store or like a little convenience store in White Plains where my family grew up in. And that's how he paid for the house that my dad used to grow up in and used to, was passed on to him. My dad owned a, my grandfather owned the only convenient black convenience store in White Plains at the time in the 50s. Never knew. She knew my grandmother too. Never knew. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's a lot. Like, so this is what I'm saying. And talking to my godmother who's older. She's an elder. I spent time with her when I was home. I would have never known that if I didn't take the time to spend with her to listen. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we need to do. We need to listen and take in the knowledge that's being bestowed upon us because it's not going to be here forever for us to be able to go back and try to get that, you know, that little excerpt of knowledge to be able to understand who we are as a people and who we are as a culture. Um, cookouts are important, too. Um, I used to go to them all the time, my mom, growing up. And I had my first auntie's cookout when I was home. It was a major success. Shout out to everybody who came through. Seeing friends I haven't seen in over decades. Um, shout out to Pri. Shout out to Dina. Um, not seeing them, but having them come together and having my mom's friends come together kind of brought a bridge in a gap of unity of young aunties and older aunties. Because the older aunties are like, we've been there, done that, cooking our thing. We're going to cookouts. We don't want to do it and clean it up. And it is a lot of work. But it was worth it to have the energy and the affections of love and the welcoming of opening a home where it just felt like home it just felt right and everybody just conversing and sharing stories it's that's what it's about eating good food because you know <laughs> the grill master did her thing you know uh just just giving love not through words but through actions you know uh it was mainly we didn't play no games just conversations and listening to music and um just food and i cook my food with nothing but love like um, so I feel like we need to get to that. So all of y'all Negroes 
who are like me that are millennials, it's time for us to step up and do the cookouts. It's a lot of work, but it's necessary for us to keep these traditions going. Summer is what you look forward to is cookouts. Look out to good vibes. You don't always have to go out to have a vibe for the summer, for summers to be vibes. And I want us to get out that mindset of being perpetuated of we have to be outside, outside just for us to be outside. You could be outside and just have intimate, quaint settings with people that you love and care for. And just do it in your backyard where y'all are just coming together and just spending summer nights together and just having conversations and seeing different perspectives. Um, There's unity in community. You know what I'm saying? And that's what it's all about when it comes to traditions Um, where there's the, like I said, love being shared. And, you know, me spending time with my chosen family um, showed me how much traditions are lost because I'm not because I'm not saying they're lost, but are changing because I don't be around my relatives. There are relatives at my house that I particularly don't care for. Their energy is off. I don't force myself to be around them. So I popped in and popped out because I was with my chosen family literally all weekend. It was a vibe. We played games. It was everything that I wanted. Something that my family wouldn't do because they're so fucking prudish. Um, and so stuck up. Like, it's elitist as hell. But I stopped in because they were coming to see my mom. I don't want to see them niggas. They ain't been, they're like, oh, you're a stranger. I'm a stranger to those I don't want to be seen by. Period. That's it. That's all. If I don't want to be seen by you, you will not see me. And I'll be a stranger to you forever because something about your energy don't mess with my aura and my atmosphere where I don't want it. So I'm not in the business of tolerating where I can be places where I'm appreciated. And that goes for vice versa. I'm not going to tolerate you if I know I have to tolerate you. If you're not something that I'm going to automatically appreciate your presence, then I'm going to just go ahead and move around you. So that was a true decision to realize how I left my relatives, people that I'm blood tied to, to be around chosen family where I felt the love and the energy and the light and the life in the room where everybody was just there to appreciate and be in the moment. Um, and it was crazy too also because I didn't look at my phone for 48 hours on social media because the fellowship was so strong. Like Sunday, there was so much stuff I missed on Sunday on on um, Instagram and social media because I literally had my phone down the entire time because I was in the moment. And mind you, I went to my cousin's house. Um, shout out to Chris and Aaliyah. I was at their house from 12 o'clock to literally 10 p.m. I was there all day. All day. Just shooting the shits playing games, you know, embracing each other, just love and light. Like, and I didn't have one inkling to want to look at my phone. I just wanted to be in the moment. And then I did take a couple, you know, videos and stuff, but I mainly was in the moment. And I was like, damn, this feels so good. Sometimes it's so good to unplug and just embrace the moments. You know what I'm saying? Excuse me. Um, but I have what did want to tell y'all, which is something that happens, is the breakdown of traditional family structure Comes to an end on July 22nd. Um, the unconventional family dynamics are pretty much done. So you're going to see a lot more people, like I said, when it comes to traditions. Like I said, I'm going to have unconventional ones where you're going to see, you know, friends, um, people raising family with friends. Um, people might be raising families with same-sex marriages more. Uh, people might be doing it where they're doing it alone, but they're doing it with their tribe. Um, it's going to be a lot of changes, um, where it's not a lot of innovation. And I think it's necessary because the world is not just black and white anymore. It's not just a, a single mom, um, doing whatever. But the funny thing about it is this is not nothing new. Like single moms having villages is something that's been around forever. It's just now being, getting the exposure necessary because like I told y'all, my mother was a single mother and raising me as a single mother and my village was 
pinnacle in my life and my growth and to this day are pinnacle in my life and my growth um but they it wasn't something that was glamorized or given the just due for recognition for what it contributes in growth because it takes a village to raise a child is something that exactly what raised me um and it's, it's important um marriage is not gonna be the priority anymore people are not getting married people are choosing not to have kids because they don't want to have them they're better off being the rich auntie like there's a lot of changes that are now getting recognition but people are not being chastised for these choices i could say like being a single mother is not a chastised thing people are aiming to be mothers and they're just doing it single-handedly people are aiming to be mothers and same-sex relationships or aiming to be fathers and same-sex you know relationships um i feel like for me i'm gonna have a wife honestly let's talk about it i feel like i'm gonna have a wife i feel like my wife and i are gonna have kids i feel like i'll i'll be the one to be like hey babe can we have twins because i want twins so bad um and then i really want to where an experience where my wife gets to be able to experience motherhood and be able to bring a child into the world but i experience it as well where our children come into this world together and we raise the family just like that built off of love and just say hey the only difference is you have two moms which means you just have double the love because mothers are nurturers you know what I'm saying? Same thing with fathers. You have two protectors now. You know what I'm saying? But I just feel like it's something that's necessary. Um, and generational traditions are now just being innovated. And that's sometimes what we need. And I feel like also sometimes by needing that also, it allows us to open doors for more conversations to see the intersectionality and in how we are in life in general. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being different and there's nothing wrong with diversity, inclusion, and having equity in all the process of what our traditions are. We're breaking generational curses and I love to see how it's working out for us. But hey, it is what it is. As I always say on air, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Love y'all. Happy, happy summer. And a warm and tender embrace